Wonderful to be with you this morning. Thank you, Pastor Joe. It's a privilege to be here in uh, Emerge Moray Field. I'm never sure whether it's Moray Field or Moray Field. It's Moray. Don't you call it Moray. Don't you do that. No, no, we're here at Moray. Moray, we have some special wedding guests. It's wonderful. Wonderful. And uh, boy, I hope that's a big wedding cake. Otherwise, um, you've got a few extra guests coming along, so look out. I hope the catering is ready for that. I'm actually, I'm feeling a little bit older than I was when I first walked into the building. <laughs> Apparently the older generation is 30 plus now. <laughs> so I leaned into my wife Sally and said, well, I must be part of the nearly dead. <laughs> but I'm feeling good and I, I think... I think I'll get through the preaching. We're going to be okay. But it's, uh, it's great to be with you. And uh, we've just come from uh, Redcliffe, emerged Redcliffe, and said uh, to the congregation there, which is a wonderful congregation, that uh, it, it is a real privilege. And we thank Pastor uh, for the privilege, the opportunity to be able to be here and great friends and Pastor Mark and Nina. And uh, we, we feel part not just of, uh, you know, friends to be invited back twice, but uh, now coming back on multiple occasions, we feel like part of the family. And uh, so it really is a great privilege. We're excited about what we hear, about what God is doing in the life of the church. Um, you know, the church has gone through many challenges over the last couple of years with all that we face together, uh, you know, in our homes, in our lives, our businesses, but in the life of the church as well. And to hear what God is doing and uh, bringing momentum and health and strength and the Holy Ghost starting to move amongst uh, people, it's, it's just a wonderful season. And you are part of that. None of us are spectators. We're all participators of a season of great grace, and it's wonderful to be here. I have a, I've got a, a very simple message uh, for you this morning, uh, and for some it will be a, a message that you need right now. Uh, for others this morning it may be a message that you just need to sort of lock away for another season, but I believe it's one of the most important principles that as followers of Christ, as people of faith, um, that we, we need to lock away in our uh, arsenal of belief and our thinking, it's our structures of thinking um, that enable us to keep moving forward in our adventures with God. And so the title of what I want to speak to you this morning is very, very simple. It's just called, Just Keep Turning Up. Just Keep Turning Up. It's so simple, I need you to actually help me to preach this message so that you stay engaged. I'm going to do something that I would actually never normally do in a church, and I apologize, Pastor Joseph, but I'm going to cause division here this morning. We're going to divide the church in half, this side, that side. If you're here in this section here, you just have to you know, decide which side you are. But I'm going to actually ask you to help me preach this, and every time that I sort of pause or look at you and say, just... I need you to jump in there and yell out at the top of your voice in all faith, keep turning up. Okay, so we're going to practice your, my left, your right. Are you ready? Just keep turning up. Not bad, but I saw someone going, no, I'm not going to do it. Come on, we're going to all do it together. Are you ready? Just keep turning up. Fantastic. Over here on your left, just keep turning up. Again, everyone, just keep turning Now everybody together, just wonderful. When it seems like everybody else is getting their miracle except you, just when nothing is lining up with that promise, with that word, 
just when things are getting worse, <laughs> going backwards, rather than getting better, moving forward, just when God seems to be a million miles away, when prayer is hard, when it seems like heaven is closed and shut down, just when the devil is messing with your mind, bringing confusion, distraction, sometimes depression, just you're fading a bit now. When you're feeling tired and you're asking yourself, can I really be bothered? Do I really want to keep doing this? Just. And when everyone else is walking away. Just. It's a really important reality. Because the truth is the world has gone soft on turning up. The spirit of the world right now is that, no, no, don't, don't worry about keeping on turning up. If it's not working for you, walk away. If it's too hard, if, if, if it's a bigger task than what you think, well, just let it go, walk away. If, if that relationship isn't getting any better and it's not fun going home anymore, just, just walk away. Just give up. If, 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 if you're not being recognized or valued or having your emotional needs met, walk away. But the reality is that as people of faith, as followers of Christ, as people who understand the reality and the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we are called to be different. We are called to be faithful. We are called to be faith-filled. We are called to be people of patience and perseverance. People who know what it is to stand until we see the breakthrough that God has promised. And it's incredibly important because we've got to understand we may not be able to control God's timing. We cannot prescribe to God when our breakthrough comes, how our breakthrough comes, and what our breakthrough may actually look like. We cannot prescribe to God, tell God what we want and how and when. What we can do, though, is position ourselves. That while we are in the waiting room, how many people love the waiting room? I hate the waiting room. Whether it's the dentist, whether it's the doctor, whatever specialist, you go to the waiting room. If you're like me, I get there early and then you just watch the clock. And you think, I'm supposed to be in there now. I was supposed to be in there five minutes ago, ten minutes ago. And as the clock keeps turning, I'm calculating. I'm actually going to, I'm going to charge them my hourly rate for how long I'm waiting out here. Because I know they're going to charge me big time. I don't like the waiting room. But the reality is if we walk out in the waiting room, we never get the appointment. And the truth is for you and I as believers, if we give up instead of just keep, then we can miss out on the breakthrough and on the promises that God has made in our lives. So I want us to look together this morning in a passage of Scripture. It's in Luke chapter 1. We're going to look at a hero, a man who God who just kept on turning up against all odds. His name is Zachariah, and he and his wife Elizabeth were the parents of the man that we now recognize as John the Baptist. Let's pray before we open up the Word of God this morning. Father, thank you so much that, God, you know every single one of us here this morning. You know why we're here. You know our journey. You know our thoughts. You know, God, every aspect of our lives, and I thank you. That God, no matter where we are, you are able to meet us. That you care so deeply about us. 
the God you want to speak to us this morning by your Holy Spirit through your word. So, Father, we now just ask you, God, just take away every distraction, help us to focus, and God, let the word of God do what you've promised it will do, cause faith, faith to rise in every heart, we pray. Everyone said, Amen. And amen. Here we go from verse 5. It says, In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But, everyone say, but? They were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. Just pause for a moment there. We've got to recognize the detail that Scripture brings here. is like underlining, helping us to understand here that these were good people. These were godly people. These were righteous people. If ever there were people that you think would have deserved their breakthrough, like everybody else was having babies, it was these people. And I want you to grasp on this morning that if you're still waiting for your breakthrough, if you're still believing for that miracle that God has promised you, don't ever give in to the lies of the devil that would try and put all of the blame onto you. The devil loves to come along and say, well, the reason it hasn't happened for you is because you've got a problem or you haven't got enough faith. The reality here is the Bible is so clear. These were good, godly people. And I, I personally believe that sometimes the longer that we have to wait, the greater the promise that is coming. Isn't it incredible that they waited all of these years until they were both very old, not just old, very old. I take comfort from that. <laughs> I may be old, but I'm not very old. No matter what Pastor Joe may call old, 30 plus. <laughs> The second thing is this, we've got to understand that we must never let our faith be determined by our circumstance. They were facing what the, the world would say was impossible situations. They're very, very old. It's gone on now, month after month, year after year. No baby, no baby. I'm sure if Zachariah and Elizabeth had been going to their doctor, then the doctor would be sitting them down and saying, hey, listen, we've done all that we can. Uh, I think we have to face facts now. It's not going to happen. I'm pretty sure that if they went to their local pastor, sat down with their pastor for counseling and for prayer, that somewhere along the line, after all of those years, suddenly the pastor too may be saying, hey, look, you know, we've given it our best shot. We've believed it, but it just looks like it's not going to happen. Can I encourage you? Our God is the God of impossibilities. Our God is the God of great faith. Our God is the God who said, only believe. And so I want to encourage someone here this morning. If you've got a promise from God, if you have a promise from God, God is no man's liar. God is able to deliver whatever he has promised. And whatever he has begun in your life, he will bring it to completion. He is a faithful God. And so even if your circumstance isn't changing, make sure your faith is not determined by the, what you see in the natural, by what you've heard and what you've caught in the spiritual. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by Lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time of the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. 
Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled, and he was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. One of the things I love about this whole story is the fact that Zachariah had no idea that the angel was coming. Zachariah just got up that morning and it was just going to be another morning. He, he just rocked up to the temple. It was his day to be on duty. It turned out by lot that he had to do this or that. He was just doing what he did on that day. But he had no idea... I believe in the calendar of heaven that on that day there was a big cross marked. On that day in the calendar of heaven, it was already decided that's the day we're sending in the angel. Release the angel. But he had no idea. I've discovered our God is often very short on detail and loves to surprise us. Loves to just say, I know that's what you're thinking. I know that's what you want, but I'm actually going to surprise you about when I come and how I come and what's going to happen when I come. And if you had another a full day today, we could look all through the Scripture. But think about, if we just think about the Gospel, Mary, here is a good, godly young girl, single, never, never laying with a man. She's a believer. She's praying, as all good Jewish girls would, for the coming of the Messiah. She's believing for that, praying for that. But she had no idea how that was going to happen had no idea that there was a day marked on her calendar in heaven when the angel is going to come to Mary and say, good news, <laughs> you will be the one. You are going to be pregnant. And here we go, like, surprise. <laughs> and then think about Joseph, surprise again. Nobody, sometimes we just don't, we have to grasp the reality that God answers in his time and in his way. All through the Gospels, think about the story of the lame man for 38 years. You'll find it in John chapter 5. He's been coming, dragging himself to the pool because the, this word was if you got to be first in the pool when the water started stirring, you got healed. Well, for 38 years he's been getting there, but he never got in there first. He never got healed. Now, don't tell me he wasn't praying. Don't tell me every time he took himself there, he wasn't going, oh God, oh God, oh God, let it be today, let it be today. But for 38 years it never happened. And then one day, surprise. Jesus walks by. He didn't know Jesus was coming. He had no idea that was the day. But Jesus came. Can I say to you today, your day may be one moment away. Your day may be today. We don't know, but Jesus can come anytime. The day that I said yes to Jesus, I had no idea that was the day my whole life was going to change. The day that I got filled with the Holy Ghost, I didn't wake up that morning thinking today's the day, but I got filled with the Holy Ghost and my life's never been the same again. The day many times when I've been healed or received miracles, I never got up in the morning thinking today's the day. I may have got up thinking today's the day the Lord has made, <laughs> but God loves to surprise us. And so, again, we've got to be prepared to understand that we have to, at times, yield our desire to control. Yield our desire to want to prescribe and our desire to be in a hurry. Because the reality is we can accept the theology that we can't prescribe to God, but we struggle with the reality of it. Because we live, again, the nature of our world is an instant world. A world that just says, no, 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 it has to happen now. We turn our computers on, and if we're not online within a split second, there's some problem. My kids turn my computer on, look at my face, Dad, it's so slow. What's wrong? I'm thinking, it's only been about three seconds. 
and we're all affected by it. We're all affected by it. I wish I was. I'd like to say I'm so godly, I'm patient everywhere I go. But I'm not and you're not. I love a good coffee. I know exactly where I'll get a good coffee. But if my wife and I go to our favorite coffee spot and there's a queue, I'll walk away. I would rather walk away, go two blocks away to Bob, Dodgy Bob and risk getting a really bad coffee there because I think I'm not prepared to wait in a queue. You may be shocked by that, but inside many of you are going, yep, I understand that. My wife and I travel a little bit now. Sometimes we're separated. Most of the time, if I'm on my own, I actually cook and I get fresh vegetables and do all that. But every now and again, the fridge is empty and I can't be bothered. I go to the supermarket, just like you have, and I go to the frozen food section and I pick up one of those frozen meals, an instant frozen meal. I did this just recently. Now, I didn't get the cheap, dodgy one. I went top shelf. The one that says Weight Watchers. They lied. They lied. <laughs> but if you've ever done that, you know you've got two options. You read the preparation, how do you prepare this thing? And the, the good way, the right way is that you preheat the oven to 200 degrees. You wait till it gets to that. Then you pop it in. You do nine minutes and you take it out. You flip it or you pop it or you stir it. You put it back in there, which means that approximately half an hour later, you can sit down with your instant meal. That's option one. It's the better option. Your pastry will be crispy. It won't all be mush. It's a better option, but what's the other option? Bung it in the microwave. Four minutes later, you're eating your mush. <laughs> and we always go for that, but reality is we've got to make sure that we don't allow our need and our desire for instant results to sneak into our spiritual expectation of how God should be operating in our lives. And sometimes it can be very subtle. Sometimes we think, well, if I pray loud enough, if I pray long enough, if I add some fasting to it, I'll get my breakthrough now. That if I come to the altar and Pastor Joe or Pastor Mark or Pastor Nina lays hands, anoints with oil, and there's enough faith in the room, enough atmosphere, well, I'll get my healing now. I started tithing last week. Should have my financial breakthrough next week. Started serving in the kids' ministry last month. I'll be in leadership next month. We get so addicted to wanting instant results. But I want to say to you again this morning that when things aren't happening, when we're not getting our breakthrough, the greatest lesson we can remember is we've just keep turning up. Keep turning up, number one, to the place of prayer. To the place of prayer. When Zechariah saw him, the angel, he was startled, was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Wow. Please note the angel didn't say, we've just heard your prayer. It wasn't like, so sorry, you've been praying for so long, but the network's been down. <laughs> so sorry, your request came in, but it went to a trainee angel, he put it in the wrong file. But it's just come to me, so I've come straight away. Hello. It just came with a reassuring word. No, no, your prayer has been heard. In other words, he's saying from the moment you started to cry out, like the angel said to Daniel, 21 days later, hey, Daniel, the moment you started to pray, your, your prayer was heard, heaven was moved. We, we need a, a fresh revelation. The reason, the way we can keep turning up to prayer is having a revelation that every time we pray, God does hear, God does see. 
And what we realize when we look at the life of Zechariah is that every year, every month, as they kept on praying, they were laying a foundation. They were preparing the way for when the angel would come and the answer would be given. I live in uh, Victoria. We come from Melbourne. Pray for us. Pray for us. Oh, God. We used to have those um, slogans on the number plates, you know, Victoria, the garden state, Victoria, the education state. Nowadays, it should be more Victoria, the roadworks capital of Australia. Because if you come to Victoria and drive our road, there are potholes everywhere. It's a disaster. But there's one thing, we travel down to Gippsland quite a bit, and there's one section of the Princess Highway at the moment that is just, it's, it's being extended and double highway and all that. And so for months now, every time I go down to that section, I get those signs that give me shivers down the back. And, and, and the first one is like a warning, roadworks ahead. And as soon as I see that, I think, oh, no. I'm making good time. I've got it all planned. This, is re- this has been a good trip. And then roadworks ahead. Then what? 80 ahead, 60 ahead, 40 ahead. And there's a little picture of the man with a stop sign. Get ready to stop. And you go past those and it's always a mess. And it's obviously hard work. They're digging and they're moving dirt around and then it rains and there's mud. It takes a long time. It's a lot of mess and it's hard work. But what they're doing over all of that time is laying a foundation for the freeway that will be opened. There will be a date when the politician comes. There will be a day when the ribbon is cut. There will be a day when all of that foundational work is over and we'll be able to move freely down the Princess Highway. It will be an awesome day. But first the foundation must be laid. And I think it's a little bit like prayer. I think it's like prayer can be hard work. Prayer can be messy. I don't know if you ever prayed messy prayers. I start off sophisticated. Oh, God, thank you for that word that I received. I find scriptures that back it up. God, according to your word, hallelujah, this is awesome. But give me a few weeks, give me a few months, my prayers go ugly. Oh, God! I'm down on my knees crying, how long, God? Oh, you promised, God. But what's happening? Every time you pray, whether it's sophisticated or whether it's desperate, you're laying a foundation for the day when the angel will come. We're laying a foundation. And we've got to have that revelation that God hears every time we pray. He's promised it. When COVID came and we were locked down, one thing I realized, I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't preach anywhere. I couldn't meet with anyone. But the one thing I realized was that I've got more time now than ever to pray. So I made a decision. I'm going to spend extra time in prayer. I went old school and I started to write a prayer list. On Monday, I prayed for family. On Tuesday, I prayed for extended friends and family. On Wednesday, I started praying for churches across Victoria. Uh, Thursday, I started praying for churches around uh, the nation of Australia. started praying for Pastor Mark, Pastor Anita, praying for your campuses, praying for you, that God would move by His Spirit, even though we were in lockdown and going through COVID. And I want to tell you, I'd get my little blanket out and I'd kneel down by my chair. I'd have my list on the thing and I would just pray and pray and pray every day going down into my little room. I want to tell you, it was awesome. I had so much faith. I was so focused. I think this is awesome. And I was loving it for about one week. (laughs) And after about one week, I'm thinking, God, are you listening? (laughs) I didn't get any phone calls saying, you must have been praying, Pastor Dave, because I'm getting a miracle. I'm sensing God. I didn't get any feedback. No angels came and visited. I didn't get goosebumps. And I'm thinking, am I just being religious? Like, God, are you listening? And then in my early morning devotion, I read this passage that God, where Jesus was speaking of prayer. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, it says, When you pray, 
Don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. Listen to this. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. And then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. I'm telling you. That caused another level of faith to rise in my heart because I thought, again, man, I may be down here all on my own, but the promise of the Word of God is that He sees me. And if He sees me, it means He hears me. And I might feel all alone, and I might wonder where my prayer is going, but God is saying He will reward my prayer. I want to say to somebody here this morning that you've been praying and you've been believing and maybe like Zachariah, you're not seeing anything. And maybe it's been going on and on and on and you're wondering, I need to tell you in the Holy Spirit this morning, God is saying, I hear you and I will reward you. Our prayer is never in vain. He is a faithful God. And every time we pray, come with a revelation. We're coming into the presence of God, whether we sense Him or not. Prayer is not primarily an emotional experience. Prayer is primarily a spiritual step of faith where we pray to an unseen God, knowing that He hears and knowing that He will reward. But it's not just that one prayer. It's that persevering prayer. A revelation that He hears us, but also an understanding that He asks us to keep on praying. Luke 11, Jesus again speaking, says, I say to you, ask and it will be given, seek and you'll find, knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Now, we can read that and, and we actually get a wrong, a wrong impression thinking, well, I just have to ask once, seek once, knock once. But actually, if we study the language, what Jesus is actually saying is we've got to keep on asking, we've got to keep on seeking, and we've got to keep on knocking. God is looking for you and I to have a spirit of perseverance in our prayer. So rather than just giving up, thinking that this isn't happening, we've just got to keep to the place of prayer. But then we've also just got to keep turning up to the house of God. But here's the thing. Not just keeping turning up to the house out of religious duty. Not, not just coming along thinking, well, you know, I've, I've, got, I've got to do this, and if I do this, I'm good. No, no, no. Keep on turning up to the house of God with a spirit of servanthood. A spirit that says, I actually want to be part of what God is doing in the life of the church. That we turn up saying, you know, I'm not going to be a spectator, but I'm going to be a participator. I actually want to be part of what God is building here at Morayfield in Emerge Church. And coming with that, when I look at Zechariah, I mean, it's incredible. Year after year, nothing, 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 but he's still turning up. And he hasn't got jaded. He hasn't become cynical. He hasn't got tired and weary and thought, well, I'm just going to let all the, all the young people do it now. Or I'm just going to let all the staff do it now. No, no, he's old. He's very old. But he's still got his hand up. He's still saying, no, 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 no. I want to serve in the house of the Lord. Can I tell you, keeping a servant's heart is one of the greatest keys to attracting the presence of God. 
We often talk about faith. We talk about confession. We talk about um, uh, all kinds of secrets to receive the, the promise and the breakthrough. But I believe one of the things that we need to actually concentrate on, particularly in this season, is a spirit of servanthood. The spirit that says, I am part of what God wants to do. Because that's what Zechariah did. And there's something that attracts the presence and the blessing of God like nothing else in the heart of a servant. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving, the angel came. I believe there's a, a significant moment for every believer when we actually make that decision to say that we're not just going to come to be blessed, but we're going to come with our hand raised saying, God, I want to be part of what you are doing in the life of the church. Right now, I don't know if you've heard or not, uh, and we, Sally and I have seen it as we now can start to travel again, but there's a season across the church that is being referred to as the Great Resignation. And as a result of COVID, people are just sort of reassessing and walking away. Everywhere we go, there, there are signs in airports, in restaurants, staff needed, staff needed. And, and a lot of people are just reassessing, and where they have been happy to keep turning up, now they're just walking away. They just say, I don't know whether I want to be that committed. I don't know whether I want to keep doing that job or keep doing those studies. And it's being referred to globally as the season of the great resignation. And the tragedy is that that spirit has actually snuck into some churches. But I want to encourage you today to say, hey, don't ever let that spirit get into your heart. And thank God that you're part of a church, emerged church, where it's the opposite, where the church can actually start to set the example, to say the world might be resigning, the world might be walking away, but we understand, no, 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 we are going to keep on, keep on building what God is doing, keep on being a part of all that He's doing, because the reality is every one of us have a part to play. Every one of us. I, know, I used to think, well, who am I? What could I do? But the reality is we've all got something. And the truth is the body can't be as healthy and as strong as God wants it to be unless we all start playing our part. And that's not a thing to, to, to you know, make people feel guilty. It actually should inspire us. That where the enemy would say, you've got nothing to, to contribute, you've got nothing to offer. God looks at every single one of us and said, no, 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 no. Without you, my body won't be as strong and as beautiful as it needs to be. Every little part has some part to play. I was telling the congregation earlier, uh, a, a number of years ago, I, I tripped over, put my hand out, and uh, my finger got caught on a stick as I went down, and I heard the snap. It's a bad sign when you hear the snap. And uh, I saw that my finger was sort of a bit pointing in the wrong direction, and it was very, very painful. But I thought, no, no, I'm a man. I'm male. I'm not going to see the doctor. And I just sort of pulled it back into position. It hurt a bit. But I pulled it back into position and I went home and, and Sally could see it was sore. The kids, they said, you should go to the doctor. You should get that checked out. I don't think that looks good. I said, no, 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 she'll be right. She'll be right. How many people know it's never been right? <laughs> if I hold my finger, it goes out that side. The knuckle is about twice the size it should be. It doesn't bend like this. And you might think, as I did, it's just a little finger. It won't matter if my little finger's bung. It won't matter if my little finger doesn't work as well as it should work. But I want to tell you, my little finger is now one of the most painful parts of my body. If I try to work hard somewhere, I'll catch my little finger and it will get yanked in the and it causes constant pain. Pray for your pastor. <laughs> but I tell you, sometimes we get a little finger mentality over our lives. 
and we think, who am I? I won't be missed. What have I got to contribute? No, no, no. Every little finger matters. And I tell you, when we start to find our place in the life of the local church, I'm telling you, not only does the local church thrive, you thrive. Did you know participators are healthier and happier than anybody else in the church? Find me a healthy, um, a healthy volunteer somewhere in the church and I'll point to you a happy person. Because it's part of what we're designed to be doing. Not just sitting, receiving, but actually somewhere, somehow, whether it's in the room, whether it's outside the room, wherever, we have a role to play. And I want again, I, I just want to say thank you. Who are the real heroes of the church? Are they the platform? Are they the staff? No, no. The real heroes of every church are the ones that have just said somewhere, I'm going to serve. I'm going to serve. I'm going to serve. And I want to say thank you to every man, every woman, every young person. You're sitting in this meeting, but somewhere, somehow, over the years sometimes, you've put your hand up because God has only been able to do what he's been able to do because we together have said, no, 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 we're going to rise up. We're going to rise up and we're going to keep on into the house of God with a heart to serve. I'm going to invite the musicians to come. You know, the reality is, as we keep on turning up, it doesn't guarantee when God is going to bring that breakthrough. It doesn't guarantee how God is going to bring that breakthrough. But I want to just encourage men, women, people here this morning, if you have that promise from God, a principle locked away in the Word or a a quickening by the Holy Spirit in your heart. If God has promised you, then we just need to keep on turning up, not giving up, not walking away, not just saying, well, I gave that my best shot, I prayed for so long, but no, no, no. Not giving up, but just keep on turning up. And as we keep on turning up, do you know the first thing it does? It keeps our heart in the right place. It keeps our heart in a place that says, God, I've come to worship you. And I've come to serve you. No conditions. Whether I get my breakthrough or whether I don't get my breakthrough, you're still worthy. You're still God. You're still the one that went to the cross. You're still the one that that paid the price that I couldn't pay. You're still the one that sent the Holy Ghost and transformed my life. God, whether I get my breakthrough or not, I will worship you. We join the company of Heroes like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in the Old Testament. They're about to be thrown in the furnace because they won't worship the king. They stand before them, the fire, flame burning and saying, hey, God is able to deliver us from the fire. But even if he doesn't, we will not bow down. We will not bow down. And you know, when we just keep on turning up, we're just embracing that same spirit and saying, God, whether I get my miracle or not, I will not stop worshipping. I will not stop serving in the house of God because that's not my motive, to worship you, to serve you, to to help build the kingdom. That is my motive. Keeps our heart healthy. But as I said before, there's nothing like a servant's heart and a worshiper's heart to attract the presence of God and the favor of God. Can I ask you to stand?